Good morning, everybody. We're uh, here getting ready to talk about the Holy Spirit again. And uh, we've got a few more sessions, I think, to do with this before we change our topics, may, uh, do another round of something this fall. But uh, we've got plenty of teaching going on in this church, a lot of discipleship programs, people doing things in different locations even, so... Uh, plenty of opportunities to get fed if you choose to. And then, of course, there's always a uh, backlog of Sunday services, Wednesdays, and and uh, the teachings we've been doing here on Wednesday mornings. We also do some teachings that we don't record or do live. So plenty of ways to get in the Word if you come to church here. So, Or if you are participating with us online, so we're thankful for that. So <clears throat> let's pray, and then we're going to get back into uh, teaching on the Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity to uh, be in your presence here this morning and to be in your word. We just ask, Lord, that as we hear your word and learn of you, that we would become more like you. We thank you, Lord, for your sacrifice and what it means to each one of us that believe and to all those who would believe. In Jesus' name, amen. So one of the things that I think is important for uh, believers, Christians, is to get their joy from the Lord. It's uh, when people are used to getting their joy or happiness or fulfillment from the world and then they step into the kingdom of God and they turn their back on the world, then they, have, they find new ways to have get their pleasure, joy, fulfillment is probably the best word uh, in Christ and the problem is is that some people can revert back to their old ways and uh, try to find their joy and fulfillment in doing and not in relationship so one of the, the things that Christians need to do is learn how to be in love with their new husband Jesus and how that works itself out so that they don't burn out we will burn out if we try to be fulfilled by the things we do or even with relationships with other people we have to have that genuine relationship and fulfillment in Christ and that's got to be the reason that we pursue him not because we have a new circle of friends, not because we get to do something for God, but because we <clears throat> have a genuine marriage, a marriage that we're committed to with uh, Jesus Christ, and that our fulfillment comes from that relationship. Therefore, a lot of things need to go on in a Christian's life for uh, certainly study of the Word, but also prayer life. You must. You need a prayer life. That's that communion and the relationship with Jesus. The Holy Spirit, of course, aids us in all those things, and that's going to be one of the ways that we can have our fulfillment in Christ and not be fulfilled. A lot of people walk with the Lord for a season and start backing away because the thing they liked, and it really it's in the flesh. They get to do something they like. They get some kind of fulfillment from that. 
but they're not really getting their fulfillment from a relationship with Jesus Christ. And if that's the case, we burn out. We burn out because nothing else is eternal. Even the church as an entity is not eternal. The members of the church who follow Jesus Christ, they are eternal. The body is eternal, but, but the institution of the church is not eternal. There are no Baptists, Methodists, Pentecostals, Catholics, whatever in heaven. We're all children of God. We're in a family. So a lot of folks <clears throat> don't get their fulfillment from their relationship. They get it from some kind of thing, even inside the church. So we have to be careful. And the reason I brought that up is because the Holy Spirit is the aid for all that. The Holy Spirit is the agent. I probably... I want to call him this morning the agent of the Godhead who assists us in our relationship. So, and that's what keeps us from getting mechanical. I try hard not to get in ruts. Uh, you know, I have meetings and things scheduled uh, all the time throughout the week, but I try not to get in such a rut that I can't be uh, moved by the Holy Spirit My, and, and flow with that each day. Uh, I don't want to become mechanical. That's what happened to the Pharisees. And the best way to not become mechanical is to be led by the Spirit. And so, you know, and here's, I think, where a lot of people... Uh, struggle. Maybe they don't see things because they've got this rigid schedule and if the Holy Spirit steps into that and tries to redirect us in a moment, in an hour, in a day, people aren't open to it because they're so rig rigorous in their schedule. But if you notice with Jesus' life and the Apostles' life and others in the Scripture <clears throat> that the Holy Spirit would do different things at different moments. The problem with not being led by the Spirit is, uh, if we're not led by the Spirit, what we're doing a lot of times is uh, fleshly. And so we've got to guard against that. So the Holy Spirit is certainly, uh, the Holy Spirit and the Word are the two greatest gifts that the Lord has given to the church. So this morning, I want to take you to uh, Genesis 24, and I've just talked about this some during these sessions on the Holy Spirit, but I want to really show it to you in the Scripture, and then we'll go back to the New Testament. In, in uh, Genesis chapter 24, verse 1, it says, Now Abraham was old, well advanced in age, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. So Abraham said to his oldest servant of his house, who ruled over all that he had. So you've heard me talk about this probably in one of these sessions or a couple of them. Um, that Abraham and his son Isaac and then Eleazar I'm probably going to spell that wrong uh, Abraham's the father Isaac is the son and Eleazar represents the Holy Spirit and it'll be pretty clear here that this is, 
that's what it's like. So he says in, um, in uh, <clears throat> so he, he says to his oldest servant who ruled over all he had, please put your hand under my thigh. I will make you swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of the earth, that you will not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I dwell, but you shall go into my country and to my family and take a wife for my son Isaac. Now, so there's a New Testament principle here, right? The Bible says, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. So I just be real transparent here. There are a lot of people in my life that I'm closer to than a lot of people that I'm blood kin with. Because the, the people that I'm, not all of them, but a lot of a lot of my family's not following Christ. So, if you you look at what Abraham's trying to say here to Eleazar, who represents the Holy Spirit, he said, "I want you to go to uh, my homeland and find a bride for my son." Now, that's exactly what the Holy Spirit's come to do. He's come to secure a bride for the son. And then Abraham, I, excuse me, Eleazar is going to say something here in just a moment. But he says, the reason Abraham sent him back to his homeland because the Canaanites were wicked people and he didn't want his son to have a wife from the Canaanites. And so that would represent what we see in the New Testament to not be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. That never works out too good in business or anything. So uh the abraham's using a new testament principle here uh in the old testament because it's always been by faith it's, and and that's that's why a lot of people have written off the old testament because they don't really understand what's going on in the old testament you had faith then the law then faith the law was just given because nobody could keep it to prove to us our need for a savior and to show us our inability to please god on our own so the law was never intended to save anybody because nobody could keep it. The only one that could keep it was Jesus Christ. So it's always been by faith. Faith was before the law. That was Abraham. Uh, he believed God and he, and, he, and he walked out of his homeland. So a lot of things going on right here. The servant, the Holy Spirit, Eleazar is going to go secure a bride for the son of the father. All types and shadows. And then he tells him to go over there and get one in a specific place because being uh, yoked with an unbeliever is not a good thing. I tell my children, or I've all, told all my children, uh, I've asked them a question as they've grown up, you know, what's worse than marrying the wrong person? And they, say, they don't say anything, and, and I say absolutely nothing. <laughs> nothing worse than marrying the wrong person. So uh, he's going to go secure a bride. That's what I want you to see. The servant, the Eliezer, uh, the, the father, the son, the Holy Spirit, he's come to secure a bride. Now listen to what the verse 5 says. And the servant said to him, perhaps the woman will not be willing to follow me to this land. Now there's, see, salvation, Christianity, all that's seen right here. God doesn't make anyone be a bride to his son. It's our choice. And he says, so perhaps a woman will not be willing to follow me. That's our choice. We have to be willing to be the bride, right? We have to be willing to lay our life down. 
we have to be willing to accept the draw of the Holy Spirit to bring us in to becoming the bride of Christ. And he says, perhaps she doesn't want to come. Must I take your son back to the land which you came? But Abraham said to him, beware that you do not take my son back there. The Lord God of heaven who took me from. Now you see what's happening? This is all pictures of salvation, the work of the Holy Spirit. He said, we don't want to go backward, right? We're where God wants us to be, but we want the bride to come out of there, right? God called Abraham out of there to move forward. He said, no, we don't want to take my son back there, but we want to get that bride who's willing to come out, right? You see all that? I mean, it's it, the salvation was in Genesis chapter 1 all the way through Revelation. He said, we wanna, we're going to send the servant, the Holy Spirit, to find a bride, to secure a bride. It's probably the best way to say that. To secure the bride and to call her out. See, she's got to come out, right? And that's all pictures of, of salvation. It's pictures of the, of the Son, Jesus. It's pictures of the Father and his desire and what he's after. Certainly the, picture, the biggest thing we see is the Holy Spirit at work drawing the bride, calling her out. See all that calling her out, bringing her in. And then there's the question, what if she don't want to go? Right? So not everybody wants to be a part of the body of Christ. Not everybody wants, even wants to follow Jesus. Not everybody wants to get married to the Son. But the Holy Spirit's here to find that one, find the one that will. And Abraham said, don't take him back. The Lord God of heaven who took me from my father's house and from the land of my family who spoke to me and swore to me saying to your descendants, I will give this land. He will send his angel before you and you shall take a wife for my son from there. And if the woman is not willing to follow you, then you will be released from the oath. Only do not take my son back there. See, that's the thing, right? There's a lot going on here. There's a lot of application with the work of the Lord. There's an application for us personally that it says they're not going to take him back there. Uh, we don't want to go back there. And that's where a lot of people stumble, right? The Lord's got a plan. And instead of waiting on God to do his work through the Holy Spirit, they get frustrated, get impatient, and they go back there, wherever there is, right? And all of us, you know where all of us came from? Back there. So whatever that means to you, right, don't go back there because that's not the place for you. Let God bring, uh, and of course we use this a lot around here. We use the, the pisteo path, right? So stick man's in the path and he's going toward God on his journey. And God has designed certain things to intersect his life at certain moments when he's ready for them so there'll be a blessing and not a curse. Stick man's problem will be to not get impatient and, and step away from the path and pursue things at the wrong time or the wrong season, right? And I speak a lot of that, especially when I counsel, personal, do personal counseling. You got to know your season. If you don't realize what season you're in with the Lord, with the Holy Spirit, you'll miss most of what God's doing. So God's a perfect father. He trains us up the way we should go. And so he brings these things into our lives when he knows we can handle them, when there'll be a blessing. If you'll notice this about your own life, the thing that's brought you and I the most trouble is when we went after stuff that wouldn't got God's time. 
And quite frankly, maybe we went after the wrong thing. So then uh, he's on the way, and in, in, in verse 10 it says, Then the servant took ten of his master's camels, departed his master's goods in his hands. That's the Holy Spirit, right? Here comes Eleazar, the Holy Spirit representation, and he's got things with him, right? He's got gifts and things with him. He arose, went to Mesopotamia to the city of Nahor, and made his camels kneel down outside the city by the well of water. At the time when the women go to draw water, and then he said, O Lord God of my master, please give me. Now these are only types, so these are still humans, but God's using them to show us things. Uh, he still is praying, right? He still needs the help from the Lord himself. He's a man, but he's used as a type. He said, O Lord God, my master, please give me success and show kindness to my master Abraham. Behold, here I am standing by the well of water, and the daughters of the men of city are mung out to draw water. Now let it be the young woman to whom I say, Please let down your pitcher that I may drink. And she says, Drink, and I will give you also the camels to drink. Let her be the one you have appointed for your servant. So he's putting a fleece out before the Lord. And I don't think God's offended by that at all. If you, you know, I think God's heart is, if we really desire his will and we're, we want to know his will for the right reasons, I don't think a fleece bothers God at all. If we want to be sure, we see that several times in the scripture. Happened before he had finished speaking that Rebekah, who was born to Bethuel, son of, of uh, Milcah, the wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother, came out to the, with her pitcher on her shoulder. Now the young woman was very beautiful to behold, a virgin. No man had known her. And she went down to the well, filled her pitcher, and came up. And the servant ran to meet her and said, Please let me drink a little water from your pitcher. So she said, Drink, my lord. Then she quickly let her pitcher down in her hand and gave him to drink. And when she finished giving him drink, she said, I will draw water for your camels also until they have finished drinking. So he prayed a fleece prayer, and it came to pass. So this was his sign that she was the right one. Don't get manipulated by the world. God has got his hand on everything, even who's in charge in Russia, who's in charge in China, all that, and he's working all that. He's bringing his plan to pass. So do not get discouraged when you look outside and see gas $12 a gallon <laughs> because he's, he's got everything under control. He's manipulating it to bring it to pass. And the man uh, wondering at her remained silent so as to know whether the Lord had made his journey prosperous or not. So it was when the camels had finished drinking, the man took a golden nose ring weighing half a shekel, two bracelets for her wrist weighing 10 shekels of gold, and said, Whose daughter are you? Tell me, please, is there any room in your father's house for us to lodge? And she said to him, I am the daughter of Bethuel, Milcah's son, whom she bore to Nahor. Moreover, she said to him, We have both straw and feed enough and room to lodge. So he brings out gifts, right? Very precious gifts. He's getting them uh, for, for the bride. And that's what the Holy Spirit does as we go deeper into the New Testament in the next few weeks. If the man bowed down his head, and then the man bowed down his head and worshiped the Lord and said, Blessed be the Lord God of my master, uh, Abraham, who, ha who has not forsaken his mercy, his truth toward my master. As for me, I think about somebody that's that committed to somebody else. 
that they're thanking God on their behalf. I mean, they're, they're giving God praise for how he's treating them. Uh, as for me being on my way, the Lord led me to the house of my master's brethren. So the young woman ran, told her mother's household these things. Now, Rebecca had a brother whose name was Laban. And Laban ran out and, uh, and he saw the nose ring, the bracelets on his sister's wrist. And when he heard the words of the sister, Rebecca saying, thus this man spoke to me, that he went to the man. And there he stood by the camels at the well. And he said, Come in, O blessed of the Lord. Why do you stand outside? For I have prepared the house and a place for the camels. So everything's working together. They're all seeing the evidence of the Father through the gifts. You see that? They're seeing the evidence of, the, of, of Abraham. Uh, and he's... Uh, so he says... The man bowed down his head, worshipped the Lord, and said, I'm, I'm sorry. Now, Rebecca, I read all that. Then the man came to the house, and he unloaded the camels and provided straw and feed for the camels and water to wash his feet and the feet of the men who were with him. Food was set before him to eat, and he said, I will not eat until I have told my errand. And he said, Speak on. And he said, I am Abraham's servant. The Lord has blessed my master greatly, and he has become great. And he has given him flocks and herds, silver and gold, male and female servants, camels and donkeys. Sarah, my master's wife, bore a son to my master when she was old, and to him was given all that he has. Now there's another picture, the father and the son. All authority was given to Jesus, right? The father and the son. Then he says, you shall take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaan. Shall not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites in whose land I dwell, but you shall go to my father's house to my family and take a wife for my son. And I said to my master, perhaps the woman will not follow me. But he said to me, the Lord before, before my walk will send his angel with you and prosper your way. And you shall take a wife for my son from my family and from my father's house. You will be clear from the oath when you arrive among my family. For if they will not give her to you, then you will be released from my oath. So again, there's so many parallels of here of what's going on. The father has a plan. He wants a bride for his son. He sends uh, his servant out. He sends the Holy Spirit out. But the Holy Spirit does not force us into following Jesus Christ, into becoming a part of the bride. So that's uh, where I want to take you this morning. And we're getting close to uh, the end of our session. But the Holy Spirit... He is the agent. So he brings us, he brings us, I'm just going to put it this way, God's stuff. <laughs> and we see this in the natural. Paul said, first that which is natural, then that which is spiritual. So the Holy Spirit don't necessarily bring us, he don't bring us physical things. He, he can lead our lives into places where we can be blessed with physical things because God is certainly our provider. But the emphasis on, on the Holy Spirit is he's the agent from heaven to get a bride together for the Son, and in doing so, he brings us God's stuff, all kinds of stuff. First, by bringing us into the kingdom through eternal life, and then as we see in Romans 12, the gifts, and in 1 Corinthians 12, the manifestations of the Holy Spirit, and so much more. He causes us to bear 
witness with what God's doing so that our spirit may be at work even when our eyes can't see the truth. So the Spirit of God that lives in us, He gives us the power of God, the dunamis power that we read about a couple of weeks ago in Acts. He brings us the revelation of God, the wisdom of God, all those things, the knowledge of God. He opens the Word up to us. He draws us in. He brings us fitly joined together as the bride. And then so much more that the Holy Spirit's doing to not only secure a bride, but to make, help make her ready. That the Holy Spirit brings us <clears throat> the cosmetics of the Lord. When Peter and Paul both talk about this, but I think Peter mostly, that, <clears throat> that we should be without spot, without wrinkle, without blemish. That's the Holy Spirit at work. He's trying to bring a bride into the sun that's without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. And we'll talk about this <clears throat> in another session, but the whole, I'll just give you a, a synopsis of this. You and I are the bride if we've accepted Jesus Christ and we're his followers. We're the bride getting ready to be united with the groom at that great marriage ceremony. Well, when a Jewish woman <clears throat> was going to be married, sometimes she had a six-month uh, engagement, sometimes maybe even up to a year, and she was uh, getting ready to meet her groom. She may have not seen him in the natural even, but she's been betrothed to him, much like what we deal with as a Christian. But she, <clears throat> she prepares herself that whole term, however long. She will get a, a synopsis. If she's never met her husband, she'll get a, an outline of who he is, what he does, what he likes, what he does not like. She gets all this where she can study him. And even though she may have not seen him with her natural eye, by the time she's betrothed to him, she knows him. She's read about him. She's been given information about him. She's getting ready for him. And during that time, <clears throat> she is... Now, a lot of people misunderstood what Peter was saying when he said, don't let it be the outward appearance, the adorning of hair and all that. He wasn't saying it was wrong for people to look nice and to, because the Jewish women used makeup and all that kind of stuff. What he was saying was, if that's all that makes you pretty, it's what's going on on the outside, you're not pretty at all. It's got to be the inside has to be pretty. He wasn't saying it was a sin for a woman to look nice. So that's the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is using the cosmetics of the Father to cover us as we journey to cover every spot, wrinkle, and blemish so that when we see him, we will be prepared for him. He's coming back for a bride, the Bible says, without spot, without wrinkle, or blemish. And, and if anybody deserves that kind of bride, it's Jesus. And that's the work of the Holy Spirit. So <clears throat> what, <we're, clears throat> what we got to be careful of, and I'm going to close here, and we'll go back into Acts chapter 2 next week and then start dissecting the New Testament. What we want to be careful with is that we don't find ourselves just after the golden bracelets and the rings. And that happens to people. They don't really want this relationship established and all the work that goes into being the bride. Because the bride had to study. She had to prepare herself. She had to get ready. All that kind of stuff. We don't really necessarily 
want that, especially if we live after the flesh, we just like the golden bracelets. And that's, I think that's a problem sometimes in people's lives. That's all that Laban, you know, that's the first thing he noticed. Hey, look at all that gold she's got on. I got all kinds of stuff ready for you. So I think that happens to Christians a lot because they try to, when they're born again, they still try to live and walk in the flesh if we're not careful. That I want that. He wants you to be his bride. All that comes, but you, you want to be focused as a bride, as relationship. So the first job of the Holy Spirit is to bring us in, to start conquering us, right? So that we're not, that we're consumed or filled with the Spirit so that we don't live our lives based on our own ideas. We're followers of Him. We, and so the Holy Spirit's, or Eleazar is a picture of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this moment as we continue to go into this and start looking at the, the work of the Holy Spirit through Joel and Acts and then the, the work of the Holy Spirit through the book of Acts, the gifts, the manifestations, all the work that the Holy Spirit does in the New Testament church. We just want you to help us to understand, Lord, that the primary reason the Holy Spirit came was to get a bride together for Jesus Christ. May we be part of that and all those who hear my voice. In Jesus' name, amen.